You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thank you. 
Gentlemen, this is the Pancakes and Power Slam show. I am Chris Featherstone, as always, uh, here live and living color, getting funky like a monkey, if you will. <clears throat> so, really interesting story, ladies and gentlemen. This goes to show how much um, I want to be with you all, how much this is uh, serious for me. Uh, I just um, <clears throat> got out of the emergency room a couple of hours ago. Um, my back has been hurting me <clears throat> like crazy, and uh, I had to go to the emergency room and get it treated um, before I go to my doctor get checked out. So, uh, that goes to show how important it is for me to be a part uh, here at the Pancakes and Power Slam show and be sure to uh, give you guys uh, the <clears throat> amazingness um, that you deserve uh as awesome awesome wonderful wonderful fans so as the pmp nation continues to load up uh, i hope you guys are doing well today um <clears throat> i had a bad headache because my back was hurting so bad and so they treated that my back 
uh, is better. My head is better. Still some uh, <laughs> some uh, loop loopiness from uh, the the medicine that they gave me, but uh, <clears throat> I'm here. I'm ready, ready to rock and ready to roll and have some fun with you all. So, without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to jump into the uh, part two interview with uh, with um, Mike McGurk and uh, going to have some fun with that. She has a really interesting Shane McMahon story that she's going to tell you. Uh, what's going on? What's, <clears throat> what's going on, Bobby? Uh, g- glad to have you, uh, PMP Nation. Welcome, Bobby, to the chat. Um, I um, I had two surgeries, two big back surgeries, um, one in 2013 and one in 2018. 2013 was a uh, micro. What's up, Allie? <clears throat> Good to have you. Um, 2013 was a micro discectomy. And uh, 2018 was a spinal fusion. So I've had back problems for almost 25 years. Um, Scoliosis, all stemming from um, in high school and all kinds of craziness. So car accidents, none of them were my fault, but I was part of uh, people just driving recklessly and so my back has been going through <laughs> some journeys over the past 25 years and <clears throat> it's been a a pretty tough journey but um uh, a lot of people know that um I'm a strong man of faith and uh I know that this journey if I can help someone else and encourage them to to keep going and uh don't don't lose faith and don't lose hope uh that's that's that and uh, I'm I'm all for it uh you feel you fell on ice 25 years ago and you have a compressed spine oh my goodness man i'm I'm sorry to hear that that bites um so you understand (laughs) you understand the struggle that comes with uh with with back problems and so uh, i'm gonna play this interview part two from mike mcgurk um she had a really interesting shane mcmahon story an exclusive uh she actually dropped the name of someone who used to whip around shane mcmahon um so oh goodness uh Allie, permanent damage in your knee um almost 15 years from my your pain man i'll be praying for bobby and Allie and back problems too so yeah i'll be praying for y'all um we're gonna have some fun tonight uh like i said mike mcgurk has some really interesting uh <laughs> you know me as a journalist i gotta pull something out that uh someone hasn't heard before so Pulled an interesting Shane McMahon story out of her, which she actually dropped the name of uh, who used to whip him around and some stories that uh, <laughs> that that she shared with uh, Shane and, and, and how Vince McMahon and, and uh, really interesting stuff. Basically, how they would hide stuff from Vince and really, really fun stuff uh, <laughs> that she shared. So. Uh, Enjoy the interview, and uh, I'll be back on the other side. See you soon. And you miss it, you're gone. Um, And and I grew up that way, too, but I grew up with a pencil. I remember always looking at, I still don't like pencils today, but it was on a booking sheet, and and that's how they used to write it out, and you were in pencil. And at any given time, it could change. And... I learned about change that um, 
you know, it was even printed on every one of my dad's programs, and um, all events are subject to change. You know, so yeah. there was not anybody that was going to come back and say, hey, we were supposed to see this match and blah, blah, blah. They, God, who knows? I guess they would do that now. Everybody complains about something. Um, <laughs> and they have forgot about um, just, hey, complain it to my face. But, you know, when you go behind my back and you say these kind of things and you, you get really brave on a computer, um, it, it uh, bothers me. Yeah, um, of course. Yeah, bothers me. Yeah, you got all these social justice out there. Right. <laughs> and they did talk in my shoes or, right. or um, and, and how I, you know, there have been just, just some things that, you know, you just think, ah, my record will show, and um, people, kind people like you, reach out and think that I might have something interesting to say to you and your listeners, and I hope I do. I hope I of have. Of course. Absolutely. Definitely. <laughs> um, you know, I, yeah. I was just glad when uh, Liz came along, and Elizabeth was just, uh, for so long, it was the three of us. You know, mm -hmm. there was Sherry and, and Elizabeth and, and myself, and... Um, so yeah, we were you know, and she had Randy, you know, so she was she was good to go. Sherry had Sherry. Me, I'm just you know better have my bluff in, and that was pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, they weren't they weren't sure. I never I never let anybody know that I didn't know how to uh, or wouldn't put them in a hold. So because um, mm -hmm. like I said, I'm sure Leroy taught you stuff because you know my dad, Greg's Greg Ganya's dad. Um, Vern mm -hmm. is the one that um, won the belt, the junior heavyweight belt that my dad had held, um, before, you know, before he had his accident where he lost his eye. So there was always that Minneapolis connection, too, that um, I shared with Kurt and uh, Kurt Henning and even um, oh, my beloved animal, Joe. I love Joe. And mm. so that Minneapolis connection was pretty, you know, Vern, Vern didn't... Um, mints around he was a he was he was good and my dad had respect for him and you know they had something going that would have been pretty good and it was good for a while where um minneapolis kansas city um the oklahoma louisiana territory and fritz all were getting together and they had the idea uh, of where they would be circulating you know the talent and keeping it you know in the midwest or combining it but you know, Chris, sometimes greed gets into it, and and yeah, it, <laughs> because it was such a, a good, great thing up. And, yeah, uh, it was such a good superpower style, you know, uh, um, kind of connection that could have happened. I mean, you, of course, oh. Vince was just the king of the Northeast, right? But you had, um, you know, you know, you had Fritz with the Texas territory. You had Watts with with the Mid South with the. Um, the, the 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 Oklahoma uh and and uh in Louisiana, you know, had the big shows in New Orleans, you know, when when J Y D was there, you know, and, and Ted DiBiase and, and Butch Reed and Jim Duggan, you know, so it, it, you had and of course Vern and you know, the Central Territory, the the Minnesotas and, and Missouris and Central States and, you know, things like that with Harley Race and so there was a lot. There was a lot of within the '80s, especially within the '80s. There was such a a huge type of um, blanket territory that could have been 
I mean, I mean, we saw it a lot. I mean, we saw, you know, when the NWA owned a lot. I mean, when when the, a lot of those promotions were under the NWA un- umbrella, you know, you saw a lot of talents being switched over. But, you know, Watts broke away, you know, and, and, and did the UWF thing, you know, and then, uh, you know, yeah, Vern was... I mean, my dad, it was done for us, Yeah. Um, mm. Yeah, you know, we could go so far, and it was it was changing. And yeah, yeah, well. in 1982, um, and I know I'm taking some people back because oh my gosh, satellite, and you know we're reminded of what WTBS became, and a little Channel 17 in Atlanta, Georgia, and it was you know we in 1980 we had satellite, and even in Oklahoma. We didn't have the U station, uh, and you couldn't get the people to t- change over to a UHF. You know, it was we had our main ABC, CBS, NBC. That was it. And then, oh my gosh, we're going to have a Channel 23, which was the first one, UHF. Well, what happened? We lost the contract to NBC, uh, and we'd had it for years. Watts came in. Um, he took over. He got the contract. The only thing that we were left is with the UHF. Mm. And in 19, it was easier to get cable than it was to put a darn antenna, a UHF antenna on your TV to get that. They didn't want to see it. They were wanting to see what was going on in Atlanta. And then Monday evening, Madison Square Garden was coming in. And, you know, those were towns we were running. Um, my dad ran several years. He and Bill ran... Two towns a night, mm-hmm. seven days a week. And, of course, you had, you know, if anybody can always get this correct, Bill and I still can, and sometimes Jim, but uh, all of Oklahoma, all of Arkansas, um, the southwest part of Missouri, the mm-hmm. northeast part of Texas, all of Louisiana, and all of Mississippi. Wow. And that was running on what people don't understand is, like, and some do out there, uh, bicycling. So, like, you know, the southern end, Louisiana, Mississippi, all that would see one set of tapes. We'd have another set of tapes up north and recirculating the talent. And then it became that you needed to keep talent down south, and then some wanted to – but the north, we didn't have enough in Arkansas and Oklahoma to hold what was happening in Louisiana and Mississippi. Yeah, yeah. It was there, but the thing that you know was always iffy about Louisiana is because it, and it still is. It was politics. It was just politics all the way down. I mean, sometimes the and even the northern Louisiana you could run, but you couldn't run in southern Louisiana because the good old boys down there. It was it was exactly why they call it parishes. And I love Louisiana. My dad did too. But it was um, that was the toughest place to promote in, really, without them, you know. And and that's true. They felt that they they needed to have their fair share of it too. Yeah. And yeah. you had to buy a promoter's license. And even my dad and Bill would go into uh, the Senate, and many many times in Louisiana to get the rules changed um, for to having some sports promotion and making it. Uh, open. It was. It was not. It was not very open to um, anything unless it was was something down there. They weren't into national. 
uh, tough man. That was another break. Uh, but you know, the sport, they had not even had a sports commission yet. So, um, yeah, that, you know, I, I grew up with that. I was there, um, when the Superdome, um, our first Superdome in 1976, I did a promo shop with, um, a promo shop with Bill and my dad and one of the TV guys there that, um, was was promoting us and it's look it's a really cool shot but it's you know it was it was fascinating because we're standing in the middle of it and looking around because it was huge it was like it it was well it's the superdome back then oh yeah and um so i know that they (laughs) had so much success and that was another thing about you know risk and um but it it uh it worked and it was a super show and and that was the beginning of what I see now um, is like what you know your Vince has had your Summer Slams or your your quarterly big shows. Mm-hmm. It was the beginning of that, but you know we weren't filming it, which is a shame on those early days. I don't know if we even had the capacity to you know um, to get a camera crew out there that could handle it because the technology just wasn't there. You know, yeah. it, it just right. sadly, yeah. So yeah. <laughs> anyway. The advancements really has given wrestling over the past, I'd say, 30 years, 30 to 35 years, the advancements has really one of, been one of the biggest, you know, parts of, of the uh, the growth and the booming of, of wrestling. You know, pre-1980, 1985, I mean, like, <laughs> it was, you know, closed circuit and... and uh, yeah, you really don't have much exposure, you know, with with that. In that, like, you know, it would, you had, like you said, TBS with Georgia Championship Wrestling. They had T, uh, TBS in the in the eighties, early eighties. Uh, oh, it's but, huge! Yeah. Huge. Uh, I mean, it, um, I, while we were still in business, it's like, God, we want Tommy Rich. We, you know, <laughs> yeah. we knew we knew where they've been watching, you know, yeah. and and it became that that. Um, even though we had so, we had good talent, we had great talent. Tennessee, I mean, but it was something new, and yeah. you know, it, wildfire. And they were incorporating what you know came to pass, which I knew when it first started that it was like 1980, 82, when the the music was coming. I mean, mm-hmm. we didn't have music to these guys, and. Mm-hmm. You younger people don't get it, and when it was happening, it was like, yeah, because it's like I I refer to DiBiase so much because I grew up around him, and he's a dear, dear, dear friend, always will be Brian, all of them, but um, Ted was one that you know here his dad had worked for my dad, was a former junior heavyweight champion, which my dad had that belt that was his his to to. Uh, to hold and um and and that's how NWA that that was going to retire with my father um mm-hmm. to have the control over it but um so we talk about it. it was like yeah what do you think about this music but here was Ted and he was part of the new generation coming up yeah, yeah. yeah. it was great it was great you didn't see um never to take away the old guys but there were some some of those out there that you know it was pretty staunchy mm-hmm. rough looking you know <laughs> um, yeah. anyway um and good people all right all right but they didn't have the bodies and and they weren't the music wasn't you know that was even hard for my dad he was like well what are they doing and they, of course being blind too but i remember him 
uh, at one of the WWF shows that I'd take him with with me to, and I loved it because he got to be with the boys. But he was not used to uh, the sound of, you know, those metal risers and people are, you know, stomp their feet, and it's just really, really deafening. Sometimes it's loud, and they're, you know, excited. Well, my dad was like, what is that? What is that? And I said, Dad, it's 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 the, it's the crowd, you know. And he goes, it's the fans. And I, he said, you're kidding me. But he to see the little chuckle in his smile that you know that wrestling, was, that there was such excitement that there was such a big crowd. And you can imagine a blind person thinking, you know, God, it sounds like a you know horde of <laughs> you know we're going to be trampled because that noise was so loud but he didn't understand how or what it was coming from and i was like dad they're they're they love this new style and yeah. and uh you know it was he you know somebody who tried to explain to him he said well they're still doing holes they still you know he was his love was amateur um all the way that's what he his his love that's why he was he had picked out um and with with jack briscoe um because he was a oklahoma state wrestler and my dad loved it, and and of course Jack turned out to be the best. He, oh, Jack was so yeah, underrated. Was oh my God, yeah. Yeah, yeah definitely oh. one of the best in the NWA history for sure. Yeah. You bet. So, and, um, so my, I hate to throw names around, but that was another person that you know I I grew up with when I was younger, and I can remember my mom um, taking me and his wife then Karen, and we were looking for places for Jack and the kids to live because <laughs> so, he was you know signing up with the territory and hit, going on the road and and uh that was normal for the uh, families to either live my a lot in tulsa and then if you were down south you were probably in baton rouge mm-hmm. not much report but baton rouge was kind of uh, central so yeah um and then years later um and he was just as gorgeous and sweet and talented as jack briscoe could ever be and we always shared and still do with jerry is you know we're oklahoma and there wasn't i tell him i said every time i go through their hometown which is blackwell oklahoma i said you know all i have to do is throw out the briscoe name and that gets me out of it (laughs) (laughs) i'll send you an autograph picture (laughs) (laughs) so my last question to you before we uh before we go and i thank you so much uh for for being on the show tonight Oh, thank you for having me. I want to, before we uh, get into that, uh, thank you so much, Chris. Um, This sweet heart of a man here that uh, you listeners are listening to has been so patient with me. I've had a great, thankful, um, busy spring and summer, and um, we're drying out here in Oklahoma finally with the floods, and um, I've been busy and doing well, and like I said, I'm looking forward to go to another wrestling show, and um, we'll be back in, uh, it's, I think it was Russell Cade that uh, I just plugged for uh, uh, in November. And, um, but, be, but stay tuned. Look at my website, uh, Twitter, I'm out there, and, and call Chris. I get a hold of Chris. Tell him what you thought. If you, hopefully that you liked this interview, and um, we'll um, see you down the road again. Yeah. And I thank you fans for following me and, and acknowledging and uh, bringing me this far. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I'm curious to know your take on um, your departure for WWE. There's so many, and we talked about this off air. There's, there, we talked about this off air. There's so many rumors and stuff and stuff that's on the online. I am interviewing the Mike McGurk. What is the true story of why Mike McGurk left the WWE in 1994? 
Oh, gosh. I, I, I know the uh, fiction is so much more yeah. exciting. So, <laughs> so much, much more exciting. More. <laughs> <laughs> and the truth of it is, yeah, everything was happening at the time. Um, the steroid, steroid uh, the crisis was happening. There was attorneys, um, gosh, coming down on vents. Um, everything was being pulled in. I was given the option to come to Connecticut and be a part of the television studio and still be on the television team. Um, and again, Oklahoma to Connecticut. I had other people in my life, my mom, and I had two young children at the time mm-hmm. that were very well-rooted in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Um, I, my mom had come up there with me several times, Vince flew her up. Uh, yes, he did. He was wonderful to me and my family, but he'd flow, fly my mom up and my little girl, um, and they'd t- we'd take a look around for rent houses. But we never found anything. It was so expensive. My God, from, I mean, I, I couldn't believe, uh, anyway, y'all, it was, it was expensive. But anyway, Vince <laughs> allowed me to stay here, but now it was different. So this time it was like, we gotta, you gotta move here, or um, this is we're moving in a different direction mm. and we can't, I, he can't being, he, he couldn't bring everybody in. So that was part of it that, um, we agreed to move on. Um, the, the contract changed. That was another thing that, uh, I lost my, I lost the personalization with Vince. Um, and I felt that other people had gotten into the contract and I, um, I was not going to sell my name. Uh, that was my given name. Um, it's not a, it's not meant for Michelle or anything else. And given the brief history I've given your fans tonight, um, on my background, I was meant to be in a boy. And it's really Michael. My dad's middle name was Michael. He was Leroy Michael McGurk, and I became am Michael Kathleen. So anyway, um, it was always Mike McGurk. And so some contractual things happened, and it was best that I I. I shook hands and um, and left in '94 with my name and my likeness. So um, and there was never anything like I said. The fiction is so much more exciting. Darn it! Because I never got. I didn't. Vince didn't make any move on me. I don't know where that came out of. Um, um, I had a chance to do something with the uh, a magazine um, that wanted me to take my clothes off. That didn't happen, and that was going to something. If I did, everything that I was going to do was going to have my, I was going to have to split. So everything changed, and I said, you know, I'm out of it. I'm not going to take my clothes off anyway. Nobody, that's not, that's, that's, that's not the way to end this. Um, thank God I didn't. Again, you know, it splattered all over. But I had kids, and it was where how my dad raised me, and I just went through 10 years with WWF, and I kept my clothes on. What was yeah. I, you know, uh-uh, yeah. no way. Exactly. And I just felt that was a sellout. So um, we just parted ways, and um, I just still, the, the kids, I love that boy. Uh, there's nobody better than um, Shane O'Mac. Uh, but I, you know, I used to take care of Shane <laughs> um, when we, he'd be on the road. And, and Vince knew that. He'd say, you know, bring him back in one piece, would you? And just bring him back. But, you know, I, he'd go out, uh, out with us and the guys, and I'd make sure that he'd come in and uh, drop him, roll him out of the car. <laughs> oh, well, you got to give us the... 
into the room. <laughs> you got to give us a quick road story with uh, about Shane McMahon. Shane McMahon's one of the biggest heels in WWE right now. We have to hear, before I let you go, uh, we got to hear a Shane McMahon road story. Uh, do you want me to tell it to you about what I've just done? Uh, about uh, how um, I would, well, Vince McMahon trusted us to take care of his son. We never got a hold of Stephanie. There's probably a reason for that. But <laughs> several times we would um, take Shane, and sometimes it would be Sherry, but usually... Um, yeah, God help us, because, yeah, Sherry, I can tell you a Sherry and Shane story. But we did take him out, and um, we would get him with the guys, and it constantly, maybe one or two times, he might be thrown around a few times, um, and probably had his hands held back while we uh, poured beer down him. Um, there was a couple of times that, so, um, um, yeah, uh, we watched out for Shane. But I always was told by his father to please bring him back in one piece and at least to the right room. Mm. Um, there was a time that he uh, missed and was in the, the wrong room. It was somebody that had no idea who he was or anything, but he was going to get into that room. And anyway, security was called. But little things like that. But he was um, uh, continually, uh, yeah, he was thrown around by the wrestlers a lot. But I, I always had to, I, I was babysitting him. Mm. Um, but we always took care, good care of him. He saw things probably that um, was best not to go home and tell Dad that we showed him. <laughs> <laughs> Any wrestler in particular that would rough him up? I'm sorry? Any wrestler in particular that would rough him up? I can't. I wouldn't. Uh, there, was, there was probably two or three of them. Okay. And um, 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 I can tell you one of them was Boss Man. Boss Man had, was... was um, um, it was lots of fun. <laughs> he he gave him the uh, listen boy and and the stick. So I think. Um, uh, oh yeah, yeah. Shane Max. Uh, yeah, if you see him with a ever stick, always think of Boss Man. Um, yeah, or or will witness Boss Man getting on one of the Lincoln Continentals and just jumping on it from the ground to the hood and then on top of the roof. And, uh, oh, yeah. Shane's oh. Uh, probably got a phobia for nightsticks now. Just because. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. But, um, and, and, and this, too, you know, Shane was like, you're not going to go back and say anything. You know? Right, so, right. You know, if anything was said, what was yeah. going to happen to him? Yeah, so he knew. Yeah. 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 And he was only, what, about 20, between 20 and 25 at that point, so. Oh, uh, I think he was born uh, 1920, because I know we had him, <laughs> I listened to us, um, on his first fall break back in uh, one of the TVs. and <laughs> So, yeah, I, we told him not to go away and um, <laughs> and stay at school so long, because it's, it's so much fun to have him out and yeah. uh, and, and stuff him up. But he, what a good, he, um, to me, was like his mom. I love his mom. She's, she's uh um, what a great, great lady! And if there's anybody that there's a backbone, sorry Vince, it's your wife. I, I tell you, she's, she's Linda gets the credit. Oh, she's <laughs> she is. Um, I, I mean, that I, I salute my hats off to her because uh, of what she would put up with, and at any given time, it'd be great that she would fly in, you know, and um, 
And always make sure that I will put this out. I'm going to add just one thing else about, like, how things have changed. But um, she would come in to make sure that everybody was being treated fairly and nice and, and, and the sexual harassment stuff was starting. And she was the cool. She made sure. She's like, do you feel threatened? Do you feel like a look? Linda, if I didn't have sexual harassment, I would never get a compliment here with these guys. <laughs> and, I, and to me, I said, my sexual harassment is it's a compliment. If they, if they give you a compliment like, hey, McGurk, and it, you know, it's, not, it's not manly man to hand that kind of information out, but occasionally when you got that, and I was like, are you kidding? You know, if there even was, it was never, it, it, I wouldn't be there. You know, that's just that's just the way it was. So yeah, anyway, nice. um, yeah, the whole family. But, yes, that was a good Shane story and, and um, also, too, with Sherry. So uh, or times that we would have to walk him physically to the door and, you know, and knock on it for him and then just <laughs> run. <laughs> just run. Just leave. Anyway. Keep your, keep your, keep your identity uh, uh, inconspicuous. So. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. That, that's really that's really interesting. Yeah, because because Shane, I think, was born in 1970. So this this was going on what late 80s, early 90s. Oh right? yeah. yeah, oh yeah, yeah. That's that's really really. Uh, oh yeah, oh yeah. Oh, <laughs> so, yeah. It was great age and um, just enough. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. Exactly. Well, it is. It has been a pleasure, Mike. I really, really appreciate you being on the show tonight. Lots of fun. Uh, really, really cool Shane story. I really enjoyed it, too. And uh, just uh, thank you for allowing people to really come into your world, just your career as a, uh, a wrestling figure, a pro wrestling figure of the past 30-plus years. And uh, you're still killing it in the uh, in the real estate business, right? Yes. Um, real estate, and um, hey, I still am around my wrestling people whenever I can. And like I said, I make it a point now to, like, if I don't have a table or if I'm just going there, I'm not doing the autographs, but I'm seeing my friends because, mm -hmm. I, you know, that that's, that's a luxury in itself. Yep. But I would like to do that. I'd like to do more of that to get back out because there are a lot of, there is interest. So if there's interest, call Chris, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let let me know. I'm I'm a, uh, I'll uh I'll I'm your uh, unofficial agent. That's it. All right. <laughs> thank you all so much. Thank you, Chris. Very very much. Uh, My pleasure, Mike. Again, uh, uh, thank you all. Sounds good. Thanks so much uh, for being on the show tonight. You bet. Bye bye. Bye. All right. Thank you guys for uh, being uh, <clears throat> enjoying the Mike McGurk interview, um, part two. Interesting Shane McMahon story, as I said. Um, as you can see, awesome upgrades on the Pancakes and Power Slam show. I hope you like it. Uh, and for those who didn't hear, um, I'm feeling loopy um, because I just left uh, the emergency room about a couple, a couple hours ago, about two and a half hours ago. And uh, I had um, <clears throat> some really bad headaches and dizziness because my back was hurting so bad so they put me on some pretty extreme meds to to get my back feeling better and my head feeling better so i feel i feel better but uh very loopy <laughs> very very loopy on uh meds right now so 
just to tame down that back pain. So, um, yeah, it's been been pretty tough, man, to be honest with you. Um, so, yeah, so hopefully, uh, you know, you guys keep me in prayer. And um, so my, my back, that uh, it'll get better and feel better. And um, <clears throat> let's have some fun tonight to get my mind off of this loopiness that I have. <laughs> right now i was in a hospital bed for five hours and uh about four and a half and uh yeah not not okay do i intermittent fast uh if so um first of all asking random ask questions ask chris questions like that ghp is definitely gonna make me feel better um GHP is asking, do I intermittent fast? If so, that could play a role in your dizziness. No, my I don't intermittent fast. Um, uh, that's not a part of my my training regimen. Uh, I I eat uh, breakfast. Uh, my eating schedule is off. Um, I eat three times a day typically. Sometimes too, but uh, yeah, I actually need to eat more. Um, but I just train hard. But my dizziness is my is stemming from my back. Um, yeah, my my the 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 pain in my back is causing my head to be to hurt and my dizziness. So when they when I went to the hospital and they gave me medicine, um, it helped my back pain. And it helped my my headache and dizziness. Um, I was work. I actually was working out right before I went to the emergency room, and um, <clears throat> yeah. So uh, interesting times. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's bring in the co-host with the most, Seven Tech Proud. How you doing tonight, sir? Doing okay, man. I'm glad that you are. That you know, got a little worried about you. A little prayer for you when you talk, but uh, glad that you're back here live on the mothership if you will. Yes, sir. Good Thank to be you. here with you, co hosting. Literally just got off air, did about four hours of my show and jumped on to do yours. Met the great, great interview you did. Congratulations on that. Thank you. Yeah, the KMT Nation, Brandon Axe Quint, Axe Chris, that's Axe Tax, random stuff. Good to be here. Yeah. No. Um, thanks, man. Appreciate it. <clears throat> thanks, GHP. Uh, Michael's asking, uh, ask Chris, what's your hardest daily obstacle to overcome? Good good question. Certainly my back problems. Um, I'm a very optimistic and um, strong encourager. Um, but, yeah, my, my back problems are... Uh, a struggle for me so um so yeah that is my biggest obstacle from a daily basis kimbo's asking uh ask chris if you could interview three individuals outside of the wrestling world who would they be great question great question i'm gonna say i'm gonna i'm gonna assume that you mean living uh thanks mo appreciate it i'm gonna assume that you mean living um, it would be 
Um, Ravi Zacharias. That would be number one. Or not not really a top three, but that would be one of the... Um, absolutely. Um, GSP. Um, Ravi Zacharias. Um... Mm, number two would be, or again, not in a specific order, but Ravi Zacharias, um, probably um, Aaron Cole and Galvi. Those are my two favorite artists. Those are both Christian, uh, like Christian rap artists. So Toby Mac too. I would like to interview Toby Mac. So I would say, I would say, um, so my three would be Ravi Zacharias, um, Toby Mac, and um, Galvi. Yeah, those are my, those would be my three. Good question. All right, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, let's jump into these headlines. Here we go. All right, let's start with Becky Lynch. Um, so Becky Lynch, man, she uh, she basically said on an interview with TalkSport, she said that uh, the <clears throat> Evolution Two would be ran just just fine without um, Ronda Rousey. Yeah. So she actually said, um, "Absolutely, um, I don't see." Uh, thanks, Kimbo. Appreciate it. There's an update for you guys. You know why I updated this the the show graphics, right? I do it for you. Uh, she said, "Quote: oh, oh, absolutely. First and foremost, it was one of the best pay per views of the year. This is regarding um, Evolution, and that's not me being biased. That's a fact. Uh, and had match of the year on it, including yours truly." And regarding, um, as she said, uh, absolutely, I don't see any reason why not. Um, as far as another one coming back, she said, I think we have a strong enough women's division without Rousey as long as they tell the stories around us and let us go. And that's how that's all I'll say. <clears throat> so, um, here's my take on it. I think that, um, I don't agree with that. Actually, I think I think it's very clear that Ronda Rousey um, is uh, Ronda Rousey is what made the women's division get to the main event spot. Um, you know, like it or not, <laughs> you know, I mean, criticize if you will, but at the end of the day, um, it was. At at the end of the day, Ronda Rousey is is what put the te uh, the WWE Women's Division to the next level. 
and I think once you get to the point of bringing back Ronda Rousey, which I think is certainly a better, the, the, the best idea, um, uh, you get to a point where you get, where you get it back to the main event level because we've seen when Rousey's been gone the past four months that, um, yeah, I mean, it's declined drastically, man. Like, I mean, the Becky, Becky Lynch. Yeah. I would give her much credit, you know, to, to having that big movement, uh, as far as, uh, when it started last year's SummerSlam, when she turned on Charlotte, but at the same time, you know, if it wasn't for the star power of Ronda Rousey, um, I, I certainly don't think that they would have been main eventing for sure. And it shows that even when Rousey was there, there was a bigger celebrity feel for the women's division. And WWE, I mean, not saying that they don't have the talent for it. I mean, here's, here's, the, here's the proof. They're bringing back Trish Stratus to compete against Charlotte Fair, Flair because they need that star power because Vince McMahon is that type of person that is clear that WWE doesn't see. I mean, you saw in the interview with Steve Austin. He's talking about people grabbing the brass ring and why Brock Lesnar was chosen to beat the Undertaker's streak because no one has grabbed the brass ring. He doesn't have enough confidence in his current roster. And that's sad. I mean, that was, what, five years ago? And still, you know, five years later, he still doesn't have enough confidence in his roster. I mean, yeah, he's pushing people like Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns is the next John Cena when it comes to transcending the business. We see that with him already being part of movies with Todd yeah. Shaw. Um, but at the same time, you know, I believe Ryback said that Triple H told him that he doesn't, that, that WWE doesn't want anybody to transcend the business anymore. John Cena was the last person that they want to transcend the business. And that's a terrible way. And that, that's just a terrible concept because you don't have that larger than life feel anymore. And it's very clear with the, with the storylines. You don't have that larger than life feel anymore. There's some good stuff. You know, there's some lightning in the bottom moments like the Becky Lynch, especially the Kofi Kingston. Right now, we're seeing that a, a little bit with Kevin Owens. But for the for the major part, for, for the majority, you don't have that big fight feel anymore. And I think that the problem is, is that uh, once you're <clears throat> once there's people like R- uh, Ronda Rousey gone from the company. It goes to show how much they're struggling. It, yeah, let's be real. WWE doesn't have enough new star power first. Just said it on my show. Since 2002, WWE's only could be four stars. You said it. Batista, Brock, Randy Orton, John Cena. That's it. As far as household names, that I didn't need nobody. You ain't got the wrestling fans. You know them. When it comes to the women, it's not it's not a lot of marketable women out there. And they're not sexist and we're friends with a lot of them. But it's true. We were at WrestleMania. And you can attest to this. I just said it. Was not a lot of people falling asleep and swamped Man. by the time the made it hit. Oh, yeah. People were asleep. It yep. was, they were tired. It was cold. I know you was in pain. Yep. My butt was hurting. <laughs> but at the end of the day, it's like... They barely, they, they tried, in the last evolution, they tried to download DLC content 
all these older stars. Look at the women's rumble. They try to throw all these older women's stars the best they can to make this rumble relevant or to make any women, the women's full papers be relevant. It's not being such as it is the truth. Mm-hmm. I mean, come on. Is Michelle McCool really a legend? No. What is she really? I mean, she's there, but do you consider her a legend? No. Right. I mean, she's undertaken the bull bear. We get it. But what has she really done in the business to the point that we think she's a legend? Right. Ronda Rousey was the biggest star in the business besides Brock when she was there. That's the M.O. She's trying to have a baby be back in the year. That's impossible. Now your jacks is gone. That's the big blow. To me, just keeps getting shoved up and shoved down. Uh, Sasha Banks is a big girl and cheap. Sasha not being there is a big, huge, uh, huge go. So who do you care about? Charlotte, she getting worked in on her body. That's lost her luster. After mm-hmm. she's up in the down, what happened to her? So, and Becky, is, she's just the cute Irish girl. She's not even the man anymore. She lost her edge. So, and Trish, I love Trish. You know, that's like my top two, three divas of all time. Women wrestling. She did not look like tonight. No. She didn't look the same. It's like, and I love the women. I'm all full of TNA, great impact, whatever you want to call it, across the line, anthem. They had Kong and, and, and uh, Gail Kim and all the other ones, uh, uh, Jessica Havoc and the other ones. But who did you have? No no one that right now is someone said in the chat, the 24-7 title gets more segment and more air time than the women's title. Mm-hmm. Yep. It, 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 it's sad. So I disagree with Becky Lynch. Without Ronda, even if Ronda was there, okay, she's there. She has a more match. What about the undercard? Yep. Exactly. Great Bay Jazz, Ivory, Victoria, you know what I mean? All all the the legends of yesterday, Alonzo Blaze, you know, Akira Hokuto, Bruno Nakano, they all retired and one of them playing golf. Hmm. Bert the Sage going on with the movie. <laughs> you see what I mean? So to say the sherry. So Moolah and Bay Young, they were they were singing for the things on the attitude era before that. So you know, it is I wanted to go well but nah. Yeah. I agree. Yes, yes, it would be better than Salt Lake 94 and December did his number. I didn't get much to do. Yeah, those were pretty rough. Uh, trivia question. Uh, the, this Nature Boy debuted in WWE at um, in 1995 in your house versus Ahmed Johnson. We never got to this. This is like the third week of Axis question, and I, we, we never get to it. So. <laughs> Uh, next we got Vince McMahon. Uh, Vince McMahon. He completely writes SmackDown. He can he he called an emergency meeting and completely rewrote SmackDown. So allegedly, this is the second week of uh, Eric Eric Bischoff's uh, writing. Uh, you know, uh, not writing, but just you know, the executive director of SmackDown. Um, and he called an emergency meeting. It was supposed to be the New Day versus, uh, I think, Ziggler and Drew, I think. Um, it was supposed to be Drew and somebody against the New Day. Um, and then, but, you know, they end up uh, accompanying Kofi Kingston instead. Um <clears throat> Yeah, he rips the script and rewrites the show. Uh, this is uh, originally po- reported by Ryan Satin of, Ryan Satin of uh, Pro Wrestling Sheet. Uh, it's supposed to be Drew McIntyre and Elias. Um, that was supposed to be the first thing. 
Um, yeah, Drew lost clean to Kevin Owens. That was one. That was that was really weird. Um, I agree, GSP. Drew's he is falling tremendously. Losing at least it could have been DQ. That was just odd, man. To to it was really 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 weird. Um, so there's other he, he's reports. He's becoming Shane's lackey. The, the, uh, they would be going against the, uh, the Democratic presidential debate, so they're concerned about that when it comes to the viewership. Um, so, very interesting stuff. Um, you know, I, I don't, I don't know. That's not very good for for Eric Bischoff. That's for sure. Uh, as far as as far as his influence on on uh, SmackDown, I mean for. See, and that's the thing. I mean, all the people I've spoke to that were I've spoke to former writers before, and they've they've said that they've said you know, and I've spoke to former, um, former wrestlers. I mean, or check out my archived interview with uh, Brad Maddox. He talks about this. He talks about um, how Vince McMahon would just last minute stuff and just eleventh hour just change stuff and yeah, go Google. Pancakes and Power Slams, Brad Maddox, and and check out the, my interview with Brad Maddox. It was he revealed some interesting stuff about uh, the backstage chaos uh, when it comes to um, when it comes to the booking. Bret Hart has said that a bunch of times before too, as far as just even when he comes in as a guest, like he would have to memorize something like a few hours beforehand, and then and then he'll have it memorized, and then they'll give him something else, you know, just eleventh hour, so. It's pretty chaotic, man. Um, very, very chaotic. So, like I said, uh, apparently this is the second week of. Um, there, there's rumors that this is the second week of Eric Bischoff's uh, um, influence on SmackDown. I don't think he has a full influence. There's reports that Paul Heyman had the biggest influence on Raw um, this past Monday, but you know, as far as uh, Eric Bischoff. There's still some rumors that he's having some more influence, but obviously, I mean, this man yeah. calling an calling an emergency meeting to rewrite to rip up and rewrite the SmackDown script that has to be that has to be a bit frustrating to the to the talent, especially Drew McIntyre. Yeah, for what for what I gather under good authority, Eric Bischoff isn't doing anything creative on SmackDown just yet. Um. And that's what I'm getting from those inside there. That he's not doing anything creative yet. He's there. He's backstage. He's not doing anything creative. Yes, and SmackDown. That's what I was told today, yesterday. Um, but, I mean, Vince doing the emergency meeting. He needs to be more emergency meeting. But you got to think, with the way SmackDown is going tonight, did it really help? I mean, you got McIntyre is jogging out the Owens clean. And, you know, it's just like <laughs> Trish. Seemed like she was out, out that seemed like they wouldn't get back to King's Court, which I remember when that came out with Morgan made like his third return back. Remember that? He had the jacket, it was all hot. In the summertime, he was that pink man jacket. The King's Court suddenly seemed like it was like 30 minutes long. Mm-hmm. So, he doing these DVDs, he writes. And I'm going to get SmackDown, like I said, I mean, Kofi, uh, you know, Kofi's doing well, as I know. But, 
you guys see, like I said, what I got, EB isn't doing anything creative yet. But Heyman, on the other hand, you know, Heyman's going to have an influence on Raw. Um, so, let's see. I'm trying to look up some stuff because there's... Um, I know it's a lot of shaking stuff, but... Let's see. Yeah, I'm trying to look up. I'm trying to look up. As far as his role, let's see. So, 83 weeks. He was on 83 weeks and said uh, <clears throat> his start date was supposed never supposed to be before July 22nd. So, this was on 83 weeks. Um, and he said, also said that uh, he's going to present, he's going to be present for this week's episode of SmackDown. So, as of last week, he had some type of hand. Because last week was the, uh, the 23rd. So this uh, as this is this is supposed to be his second week to have some type of presence on the show. Now, of course, um, now of course there's. I mean, now of course he's not. You know, from what I know, from what I've heard, again, I, I'm not sure, but f- uh, for what I've heard, he doesn't have like a huge presence. But as of last week, this is his sm- second SmackDown in the seventh sum. Um, influence so we'll see i mean but here's here's the thing that at the end of the day I, I don't know if it was an eric bissoff written script i don't want to make assumptions and say that it was but if this is the second week of eric bissoff influencing uh and, and vince mcmahon is th- you know make calling audible and throwing you know calling emergency meeting and vetoing Whoever wrote the the show is pretty upset about it, and so if if Eric Bischoff is filling his role as the executive director now, I'm sure that that would be upsetting. I'm not sure how much power he has right now. I don't want to assume, but whoever it was, I'm sure is frustrated that Vince McMahon called an emergency meeting to do that. So, um, very interesting stuff, and we'll see. We'll see if this causes any rift uh, between, uh, you know, management. I know that there were some issues with him and in, in, in um, Road Dog. You know, as far as writing, the the writing is concerned, and he would get frustrated and stuff. And so, this isn't the first time that someone has potentially gotten frustrated over an eleventh hour, you know, Vincent Man decisions. And so, at the end of the day, he has ultimate veto power. That's that's you know, <laughs> at the end of the day, that's what it's all about. Vince Man has ultimate veto power, and uh, um, yeah. Next we have Rhino. Um, <clears throat> he so he debuted. Um, you know, it looks like he's going to be feuding with Michael Logan. Signed a exclusive. I mean, signed signed a multi year contract for with Impact Wrestling. He actually uh, had a um, interview with um, with uh, Sporting News, and he was talking about how like they he had like double the downside for his new WWE deal. Um, 
Malvin said uh, <laughs> he gives it six months. So that would be <laughs> quite interesting. Uh, and thanks for the support, Allie. Uh, six months? Yikes. Bischoff, you know, made the move, and you know he, you know he's 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 making this a, a big deal for him, and so um, we'll see, man. I mean, we'll see how. I, I I would hope that it takes more that it's more time than that, uh, because Eric Bischoff is such a a good hand, such a good mind to the business. Um, you know, I've had Eric Bischoff on the show uh, two or three times. And, um, you know, I appreciate him devoting his time to me and my show. We've, we've talked off air and just a nice guy. And, um, I, you know, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm pulling for him. I hope, you know, I hope that uh, he has the mind to uh, to really shake up. I think I think, you know, um, um, oh, goodness, Ryan Ward and, 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 and Road Dog. I think they were doing pretty good. I, I've always think Smackdown has been a pretty is for a while thinks for the for the most part um raw has done i mean smackdown has been a a more solid show than raw has smackdown's been a more solid show than raw so um yeah. you know yeah. i hope that that i hope that it continues with with eric bischoff at the helm um, so no one knows who what Nature Boy uh, debuted in WWE against Ahmed Johnson. No one knows that. We're gonna be stuck on this uh, this question for three weeks. Uh, so Rhino, um, Rhino, he interviewed with Sporting News, and like I said, he and he he's had interviews before, and he was talking. I think it was Chris Van Vliet. Uh, by the way, Chris, big shout out to him. He actually landed a job uh, at. Um, he just announced like a day or two ago that he uh, is going to be working for AEW now. Uh, come, you know, their television and stuff. So that's really cool, man. He's He's been grinding with, with the interviews. And um, he's interviewed some yeah. big names. And so that's really cool. And he's actually uh, from Ohio. Yeah, I think he moved to Florida from Ohio. Um, so an Ohioan. So uh, definitely give him props from that. for that, for representing the OH10. And, uh, yeah, hard work really pays off. I agree, Kimbo. Absolutely. Uh, Ashton, no. Uh, Hulk Hogan's never been a nature boy. Uh, This nature boy debuted in (laughs) WWE at 1995 in your house against Ahmed Johnson. Yep, Ohio to Canada, the South Beach. Yep. Um. Yeah, Rick was in WCW '95. Uh, so yeah, Rhino said that he's going to retire in eight years. He he plans on retiring in eight years. So, um, he said he. Uh, let's see. I, I'll quote it here. Um, uh, we're PG Ashton, so uh, just keep that in mind. Um, you know all the chat actually. Uh, nope. What's up, Sports Huddle? Great to have you back, man. Uh, No, you guys are saying (laughs) Lex Luger, Shane Douglas, those are not nature boys. (laughs) Thank you, Lex Luger. Sports Huddle, were you there live? Uh, No. Yeah, I think he was, yeah. 
Nice. Not to leave God actually was a typo, and I had the old NWA, NWA 1988, 11 by 17 booklet. It was actually uh, promoted on a big wrestling book. And actually, Bob Schlieger's name, and it actually says Lex Lugar. Instead of Lex Lugar, so I thought it was funny. <laughs> but, uh, Lex, Lex yeah, Lugar. Was, uh, yeah, he said he was uh, uh, any any uh, I, I, I any dark stuff uh sport uh sports huddle, PL. There you go. Thank you, sir. Buddy Landale. Finally got somebody buddy. got it right. Buddy Landale. Uh, buddy Landale. Elbow. Yes, a very fine looking corkscrew elbow, if I may say. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Very big, fine. Uh, watch them. Uh, them WCW. Uh, them, uh, what you call them? The, the weekly shows, the NWA Worldwide, the WCW, mm-hmm. the Saturday night in the studio. Watch yeah. them Saturday yeah. night. Watch mm-hmm. them. Him and uh, um, my man, um, Bill Dundee, Sir William. Of uh, okay, Bailey defeated Charlotte for the women's championship. Was the dark match? Okay, cool. Thanks for reporting that, Sports Huddle. You get an exclusive here at the Pancakes and Power Slam show. Good stuff. Uh, next trivia question. Uh, Heavy Machine or Dirty Vita B-Team before SmackDown went live? Okay, cool. Who was the special guest referee of the Vince vs. Shane match at WrestleMania 17? Uh, he said, um, I would like to try for eight years. That's my goal. Hit 32 years in pro wrestling. Um, I was watching a thing on former NASCAR driver Richard Petty, and he drove for 32 years along with winding it up. I like to get more involved in my community. I own a marina in Monroe, Monroe, Michigan called Big Daddy's Boatyard and want to work on that. I don't know about becoming a wrestling coach, but I think you owe it to, um, yep, good job, Mo and GHP. Foley. I see some friendly competition in there. Um, but I think you owe it to the wrestling business to do autograph uh, signings for the fans or help build another talent by making more of a behind-the-scenes approach. Uh, these major pro wrestling companies need to help bring guys in to help develop the future behind the scenes. Hopefully my career ends eight years from now so I can help the younger generation because I don't want to abandon the business like that whatsoever. Interesting quote. Um, Rhino's, uh, I think he's like 42 now or something like that. 42, 43. Um, well, that would make him 50 when he ends, when he, <laughs> when he retires. 43, yeah, 43. He'll be 44 this year. So he wants to retire when he's 51. So... Very interesting. Well, I was a good guy. I interviewed him and talked to him before two times uh, at different shows. Very good guy, very polite, very positive. Beauty is huge. His chasm up is alone is about probably your own size. Yes, yes. I've talked to him before at the ROH event. Good. He is he, so he is a short, short guy, a shorter guy. Well, I'm six one though, so. Like a stump. Yeah, but he his uh, man his his legs are like tree trunks though. Yeah. <laughs> if you keep a score, if you keep a score, uh, still trace one, woman range zero. I just said it was Oh man. Yeah, that was bad. The camera angles. That was bad. Yeah. 
I did it for the rock. Yeah. And then and the Roman Reigns kind of backs up like, wait a minute, what was that? Oh, they was like, no, no. I, I, you know what? I, I haven't seen Dan Cameron like that since the halftime meet when the Rock, and quote, you know, got pinned by the fourth limb. Yes, yes. Mm. Uh, Very yeah, interesting stuff. Yep. Whatever that is. Wrestling mystery. So who, who pushed the prank on Roman? Who drove the white Hummer? I mean, it is. <laughs> yeah, that camera shot was terrible, was Kimbo G- says. I agree. Yeah, it's GTV. Yeah. GTV. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who was the black scorpion? Actually, who was the first two black scorpions that attacked Cena did take the match off? Al Perez was one of them. That attacked Hogan. Yeah, that's right. Al Perez was one. I think Arn was one. Arn, yeah. Uh, that's another one. Wyndham. Yep. Wyndham, yep. Wyndham was one. Mm hmm. This guy was out the range again when the black guys attacked uh, uh, the ski man who attacked Hogan before it was revealed it was a blue eye. And then they did the same storyline with, uh, remember that sandwich and Hogan with the, with the renegade? Yep. Oh, man. Yep, I do. Still more. <laughs> yep. All right, ladies and gentlemen, what is your Raw and SmackDown grades? Let me know what you, what you got. What's your, what's your Raw and SmackDown grades? Um, next trivia question. And again, sorry guys, man. Sorry I'm not as vibrant as I usually am. I feel very loopy. And my, 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 <laughs> these meds are like causing me, like causing a little drowsiness. And so uh, I feel like loopy. And so I'm trying to push through it for you guys for the PNP Nation. So again, I appreciate it. Uh, I'd rather feel loopy with the bad back. I mean, uh, with with less back pain than non-loopy with uh, insane levels of back pain that's causing me uh, dizziness and, and oh, headaches. Man. So we got you. Yeah. So we I appreciate you, it, guys. Um, JSP Raw C minus SmackDown B. Thanks, P. I appreciate the, the support. Ashton Raw ten out of ten. SmackDown one out of ten. Oh, okay. Wow. Interesting. Um, Gabriel's excited for uh, Sammy Callahan versus uh, Tessa Blanchard. Um, Kimbo's asking, "X Chris, what keeps you motivated during down or stressful times?" Very simple answer, Jesus. Um, very simple answer yeah. there. Um, Jesus. Well, let's see. Mo is uh, Raw C, SmackDown B. Um, Raw B plus SmackDown B for Sports Huddle. Gabriel C minus for both of them. The the, the, the real question is, let, let's bring Seth Rollins get his tail beat and that blood coming out of his mouth, which was real by the way. Yeah, so I heard there was some backstage stuff about that. Yeah, I heard there was some backstage stuff about that. Um, uh, Ashton's asking, um, can I do a live q and I usually do. Uh, first of all, Ashton, uh, welcome to the show. Um, new PNP Nation chat member. Um, yeah, I, I, I've had, I've, I've, I've done, a, I do a lot of live Q and A's. Uh, 
I've done a lot of Q&A's. Um, let's see. Let's see the ones I've done recently. I know I did one of the PCO. Shane Taylor. Um, let's see. PCO, Shane Taylor. Nick Patrick was live a couple of weeks ago. PCO, Rocka Khan. Oh, yeah. Allison K was uh, live. Uh, was live Q&A. Uh, Black Bart was live Q&A. Um, Lance Archer was live Q&A. Kenneth Johnson from 205 Live. Ezekiel Jackson was live. Daniel Peter was live. Sean Stasiak was live. Uh, these are all like previous episodes going back from a couple weeks and, and backwards. Um, Chris Masters was live. Ken Anderson, Adam Rose, Sean Devari. So, yeah, uh, I usually have. Another great note. Ali finally came out to Ali. He finally decided to step in the ring. So, yeah. give Ali some yeah. I don't get the hype, man. I'm sorry. I don't, I, I don't get the hype with Ali. What, what, first of all, what, what is he? You're standing in alleyway, being a creep, sitting on park bushes at bus stops, looking around. Yeah. What, what are you? But he still comes out to the Scorpion and Sub-Zero uh, cop type of, right. you know, like he's doing all that kind of like what? a character change. And he comes right back to the same character. Mm-hmm. So it's like, yeah. So, but what is the point? Him and the Andy remind me of the old cat is Jack Zing yesterday today when he echo had amnesia. Remember that? He was walking around and trying to find his stuff. What is what is Ali? What is Seth Rollins? Right. It's so many people like, what are you? It's just, what are we? We should do a segment. You're right. Uh, I know Mike Mike Bushman. What are you? Seth Rollins, Ali, Cedric Alexander. Apollo Cruz, um, help me out, check. Rockers, what are you? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't get it, man. I like I said, I've never been too big on Ali. I mean, I, I think that he'd do really good in NXT, like top NXT uh, star. But um, I don't know. I, I just I don't see the hype in him, man. Honestly, um, good talent, good talent, but. Uh, no, no. It's just one of those people. One of those, people's, one of those people for me. I never, never saw the the hype in them. Um, trivia question: What event the, did Brock Lesnar win his first WWE championship? I'm sorry, Evan. What were you saying? I, I was saying that uh, you know we joke about this a lot. Me and you joke about this off air. Is I think me and even GHP off air jokes and lucky with Vince. He, he just has this thing. You cannot have two names. It's like the Bible days. You just know him by your surname. That's Vince. And he, you know, Alexander Rusev, Rusev, Bobby Lashley, mm-hmm. Lashley. You know, Antonio you Cesaro. Line, like it's, it's Antonio Cesaro. You're not going to get a person so you get you're just known by one name. Ali. It's, when you hear the name Ali, you're going to think of the greatest of all time in boxing, Muhammad yeah. Ali. So you're going to think about, you know. You're not going to think about the last one. It's crazy, man. Yeah. 
Moe's got it right. SummerSlam 2002. Uh, Raw was decent. Um, I'm I'm interested to see if they're going to either A, write off the 24-7 championship, or B, have someone pin Maria while she's up in her stirrups um, with her OB appointment. (laughs) So that would be funny. Uh, I agree, Kim. But what happened to Apollo versus Nakamura? I don't like what they're doing. You know, y'all know I'm a big Apollo Cruz guy. Um, yes, it's three now, right? Huh? Yes, it's three way. Is it Nakamura? Uh, uh, the, I said, um, Ami and um, it's a three way, isn't it? Smith. No, Nakamura, looks like they're gonna Ami. do. It looks like gonna do. I mean, Apollo went over to NXT, lost to Kushida. Um, I don't think I don't think that's gonna be a permanent move, but I think that. Apollo should be in NXT permanently um, and, and be, you know, a top contender for, like, either the North American Championship or um, the World Championship. Um, I agree, Mo. Apollo deserves it more than Ali. I, I, I definitely agree with that. Um, I, I I don't know, man. It, as far as Raw is concerned, it seems like <clears throat> I hope they don't write off the 24-7 championship because that's one of the biggest um, – one of the biggest, one of the best things going on on on, on Raw. One, a lot of times, it is the best thing going on on Raw. So I, I, I'm ho- if if they don't do a Thursday thing, like if they don't do a uh, thing where they they have her lose it on Thursday, looks like they'll probably would write it off, and that, that would be absolutely terrible idea. Um, Ricochet looks like, you know, obviously Ricochet. Interesting to see Renee Michelle uh, return. She was a part of the Mae Young Classic. Um, now, Braun Strowman, I, I, hope, I hope they're not turning him heel again. That would be awful. I hope Braun Strowman wasn't the guy who puts the uh, trust down. That, that would, first of all, I don't want to see Roman Reigns versus Braun Strowman again. And second of all, you are sabotaging Braun Strowman's character if you keep switching him over from babyface to heel to to babyface again. And if you turn him heel, that would be awful. I don't understand what they're doing with, with SummerSlam. You don't have a spot for Drew McIntyre. You don't have a spot for the New Day. You don't have a spot for the club, uh, for Allison and Gallows. You kind of have a spot for Roman Reigns, depending on who... It might, you know, it might have been Daniel Bryan that did it. If you know, if if right now they don't have a spot for Daniel Bryan unless Daniel Bryan was the person. Um, He'll be on a free show. Uh, I don't. You know, they got they don't have spots for so many top names. Right. I don't know what the heck they're Bryan doing with Ziggler. I don't see them bringing back Michaels for this. Um. I so doubt that Michaels would want to come back, and I, and I certainly doubt that Michaels would want to put or is going to put Ziggler over. 
Ziggler's notorious be, for being, you know, quote, a good hand. And, uh, yeah, they I don't I don't see WWE. I mean, dude's almost 40 years old. I don't see WWE saying, OK, well, this is the time where we'll actually make Dolph, Dolph Ziggler a, a top guy. What I see, what I see with Ziggler, which I think would be a pretty cool idea, which I which I would really advocate, would be if uh, Ziggler did an open challenge at uh, at SummerSlam. Um, Michaels, you know, he thinks it's going to be Michaels or whoever. And I think what you do is you have an open challenge and you have Goldberg music come out. Goldberg come out and absolutely squash Ziggler. And that would be a good way to kind of right the wrongs on his Saudi Arabia thing, which, again, you can't really blame Goldberg for it because he had a concussion within a couple minutes of the match. So it ended up being a disaster. Taker got his moment back with, you know, with extreme rules. And, you know, I think Goldberg, you know, needs to get his moment back with, you know, with SummerSlam and and being like an open challenge except, you know, a recipient someone who accepts the open challenge comes in and just wipes the floor with, with Ziggler. That would be my preference. That would be a good way to, you know, redeem Goldberg's concussion. Right. That's a good idea. Sammy's right. It is supposed to be Dolph against Miz. Yeah, it's supposed to be Dolph versus Miz, but they haven't really built that up, though. Like, well, it, it could, like, and we don't even know that for sure. Like, like the, the, the Miz TV thing, um, you know, and, and just they haven't really built that up. And especially they could have done it now. They could have. It, it's weird. <clears throat> um, GSP, Dolph needs this win. Honestly, I wouldn't mind HBK being a life coach to Dolph, get him an IC or U.S. title, then maybe work his way up to a world title shot at least. Man, you know what, GSP, as, as, as good as that sounds, man, I, th- I think that uh, Dolph Ziggler's pretty much at the point of no return. Um, at, at this point, I, I think that for being the, the time that he's been in the WWE, the start stop pushes the WWE give him, he's a really good talent, very good talent. But the WWE just sees him. He said this in an interview before the WWE just sees him as a good hand. Someone who, who uh, thanks, Michael. Appreciate it. God bless you, too. Um, someone who, um, some someone who is uh, good to be at the beginning, middle, or end of the match is what he said. Like one week, one month he'll open up a match. Another month he'll main event. He'll another one he'll be in the middle. And he's been known in WWE as a good hand. And he said that's one of the worst places to be, is to be a good hand in the WWE because you'll never get to a point where you'll stay a top guy. And so. That's really been his kind of like death spot, you know, and uh, I don't see that changing. I don't see I don't see the WWE changing, um, you know, making having a having Dolph Ziggler be in that way. Sadly, because he's a good he's a great talent. But the point, you know, at, at this point, what they've done with Dolph Ziggler, I don't see him being a finally get to the point where he's a, a top talent and Shawn Michaels isn't going to put him over um, 
I don't see that happening at all. <laughs> no, no. Can, can, can we get, can Shawn Michaels please get a wig on his head? We do not need a bald Michaels. It looks horrible. It's like a Q-tip. He's grown some. He's. I've, I've noticed he's grown a little hair out, which I'm happy with. Please, it's, it's something. Where, uh, and Ziggler's great. Like Mike said, Ziggler's the best. I said before, one of the best selling wrestlers in the business. But like you said, when you say you're a good hand, get it you tell it to be like in baseball. You're one of the easy. Now we need to go get the job. Don't let us get a bag. Put us plug you in. Like in the National League, we're just going to add you to the double switch. And the pitcher, you know, we, we don't want the pitcher to hit. We're going to throw you up there to get one swing. Then we'll put you on back. It was, well, it's like being being in the temp agency and being the temp all your life. This is big, big event. He, and he's such a, such a good, um, such a good family. But yep. at least we know who Ziggler is. We know who Don Ziggler is. That's true. That is true. <laughs> All right, SmackDown. Um, yeah, so Raw, I, I give it a C minus. Uh, B uh, B minus C plus for for SmackDown. I don't I don't I didn't like Drew losing. I didn't like Finn losing. That was a yeah. bad idea. You why would you make Finn lose? The point of that is to the point of. You want to make Bray Wyatt look as good as he can. Now, if he's beating someone, now he's going to most likely squash Finn. But if he's beating someone who just got beat by, you know, um, Dolph Ziggler, why would, like, how does that make you look stronger? That doesn't make any sense to me. You need to make Finn Balor look as strong as he can. So when he gets wiped up with uh, with Bray Wyatt, um, that would just be um, that would that would be a better a better idea to make Bray look stronger. So um, bad 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 idea, bad 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 idea. Um, I got a question. Yep. If HBK and I'm not making fun of all people. He was bad boy. He was the chief of good boy, Triple H, coach. If you could pick any hairstyle for Shawn Michaels to wear to slap on his head as a wig, what would you do? I would pick the AWA Bushy, the Bushy Blonde in 1987. Uh, I'll do like the I'll do the DX, uh, the, the Attitude Era, um, not the mullet that he had in the early 90s, like doing the. Um, the uh, rockers break up, but the uh, the ponytails, you know, black back and long hair. Shawn Michaels. Um, GHP says Bray finishes Finn in under three minutes. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, for sure. <clears throat> and the, that's why you got to make Finn look strong. And then you had Shinsuke beat uh, lose to Ali, which I don't like. Champions losing on on you know regular TV cleanly that was a bad idea. I know they're going to do Ali and and, and Shinsuke at, at WrestleMania at, at SummerSlam, which I don't mind, but having Shinsuke lose cleanly like that, I think that's a bad idea. Um, Eli's asking uh, Roman Reigns' new character, the stunt double. <laughs> well, that's a, a comment. 
Um, I like the fact uh, that they did have Kingston lo- uh, beat AJ Styles clean because Kingston, I mean, needs to look strong as a champion. So I did like that. Yeah. And, and again, again, Orton yeah, needs yeah. to look strong as a heel, man. He 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 needs to look strong as a heel. Um, Kimball's asking, should Bray Wyatt just wrestle on pay per views? Um. Yeah, I'm I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that, especially if you're yeah, having the fiend. If you're having the fiend mask, you don't want to overdo that because that's kind of like a demon character. You don't overdo the fiend. I like the random appearances and then wrestling on the pay per views. Absolutely, I think that was actually strengthen his character. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Um, I think I will give, yeah, I think I'll do C-plus for SmackDown, C-minus for, for Raw. So, all right. Well, it's time, yeah. guys. It's time, guys. Let's let's do this. It is Flavor of the Week. Let's, let's go. It is now time for the Flavor of the Week. All right. Let's do this. Okay, so now we have the uh, finals. Um, let's see. Let me bring this up for y'all. The finals and the semifinals. All right, here we go. Um, so there's the final four. Kane, Ivan Koloff, Jeff Hardy, and Eddie Guerrero. Let's start off with Kane and Uncle Ivan. You got Kane or Uncle Ivan? Kane or Uncle Ivan? Uncle Ivan. Hey, Uncle Ivan. Good job, by the way. Uncle Ivan. Kane. Looks like Kane. Alright, Kane, Kane gets it. Jeff Hardy versus Eddie Guerrero. Jeff Hardy versus Eddie Guerrero. Eddie. Here we go. Eddie, 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 Eddie. Alright, good stuff guys. Uh, all right, so the finals is Kane versus Eddie Guerrero. Who is the greatest former one-time WWE champion? Kane or Eddie, Eddie. Guerrero? I just the green the Yeah, E-D-D-Y, yep. All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, looks like we got a winner. Winner is the greatest one-time WWE champion, Eddie Guerrero. That is awesome stuff, man. Good job, guys. Uh, tweet at Chris Prolific, as you just saw right there. Time to land the plane. Really, really appreciate y'all hanging out with me tonight, despite my... Uh, uh, <laughs> leaving just leaving the emergency room a few hours ago 
and uh, I had a lot of fun, man. This was great. This is a great way to end my night, man. I didn't want to miss this for the world, and so was able to get it done and have a lot of fun with it. Special thank you to Mike McGurk uh, for the part two and sharing that Shane McMahon story. Uh, thanks for everyone who's uh, praying for me as I get better. Uh, really had a good time, guys. So as we land the plane, uh, I want to thank everybody for being a part of the show tonight. It's episode 383 in the books. On behalf of Evan Tech Prout, I am Chris Featherstone. Until next week, enjoy your week of wrestling. God bless. And always remember, I do it for you. Have a good night, everybody. Peace.